The Brad Johnson Show. I'm turning losers like you into winners like me. You're about to enter the winning zone. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. I'm your host, Brad Johnson. This is a solo episode, so no James Kirkland. Don't have anything to worry about there. Ah, man, it is good to be back. A little bit of a hiatus there. You may have noticed the Brad Johnson show has not been publishing recently, uh, which, you know, I would apologize for if I thought I had anything to apologize for, but I don't because it's my show. I'll, I'll publish episodes if I want to, okay? That's how it goes. When you have your own show, you get to make decisions like this. And I think that's something, it's a, it's a, a power uh, that most people don't have because most people couldn't handle that type of power. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine influencing the minds and lives and souls of millions and millions of people like I do every, every single week? Uh, man, that, that is why they don't let just anybody have a podcast. I mean, give me a break. With that, with that kind of power comes a ton of money, for one thing. And uh, also, you know, it comes a lot of fame, fortune, uh, which is pretty much the same as money, but slightly different. Anyway, I'm back. I'm here bringing you an episode, so you're welcome. This is a very special episode. Um, usually when I do a solo episode, I'm talking about an experience that I've just had recently, or just imparting some of the, the limitless amounts of wisdom that are holed up in my brain. And and um, today's slightly different because these, uh, let's see, this was last winter. I, I wrote a book. Actually, I wrote three books because, <laughs> you know, I'm Brad Johnson. I, I don't just do something halfway. Like one book seems to me pretty halfway way of doing things. So I, instead of writing one book, wrote three books. So NaNoWriMo back in November. And then over the next uh, month or two, I wrote another two books. Now, these are very special books to me because, um, well, they're obviously not the first books I've written, but they are some of the first fiction books that I've written. Most of my books um, that I write are nonfiction business books, self-help books, um, because, you know, when you're an expert like me, you kind of have to give that type of stuff to the people. Um, but fiction is something that I had held off from, from writing. Just one, I just didn't want to do it. And two, I didn't really see it as a, a money-making uh, pursuit until I realized, and this is something that most people don't know, that there are authors, fiction authors, who actually make money. Now, this may come as, as, as a shock to you, but um, I found it to be very true myself. And so, boom. Three books written by yours truly, Brad Johnson. This is a trilogy, actually. Um, it's it's called uh, the Desmond Blackstone Dirk series. Okay, so Desmond Blackstone Dirk, the main character of the books, um, he's kind of embodies a lot of what I think a lot of people want to be in their life, uh, which is why I wrote that type of a aspirational character. I think that's really what people are looking for in a character who's in a book. Um, so the first book is called Balance of Power. Uh, I've hinted at these books um, a lot, and uh, I think a lot of people just thought that uh, they weren't real which I don't know why someone would not believe something that I said because <laughs> I'm saying it on the podcast, therefore it's true. Like, yeah, the fact that you can get a, a video course of the Brad Johnson show, 100% true. People still don't, yeah. Anyway, that's another story for another time, but these books are real. So what I'm going to do today, and this, people... Um, this podcast alone, like the Brad Johnson show is literally billions of dollars worth of information and golden nuggets of wisdom, truth bombs that could just hit your head all day long. Like you could just go back and listen to the archives anytime, all the time, and you would just be getting millions and billions of, of dollars worth of information. Um, so now me, like I'm going to be reading a section of the book with an author commentary. Okay. That is something that, um, if I was to charge for that, I don't even know how much it would cost. 
And that's coming from me, Brad Johnson, who uh, they call the king of estimators. I know how much things cost, okay? That's uh, just something that I am really good at. But this, yeah, priceless, priceless, okay? Because this is something that uh, these books have not been published yet. I'm still working on that because, you know, the book cover is so important. Uh, people say don't book, judge a book by its cover. I say do it. So I have to make sure these covers are perfect. And they're not yet, okay? Um, because you know, sometimes outsourcing just doesn't go so well. Um, sometimes people are idiots and you have to fire them. So that's, that's what has happened multiple, multiple times in trying to get this cover done for this book. But that doesn't mean that I can't bring you some of the amazingness that is in, inside this book right here that I'm holding in my hands. Um, so I'm going to read you a, um, a section of, of the book, probably a chapter or two. Um, yeah, just to kind of give you a sample of what this is like and what fiction could be. Because I think um, so often people settle for fiction that isn't all that fiction could be. A lot of times it's just kind of, it's just junk, okay? I'm just, I'm going to call it like it is. It's just junk. This, however, is not uh, junk at all in any way, shape, or form. Instead, it is just, it's, well, how about I just read it to you? All right, here we go. Uh, no. So just so you know, pe people who hire me to do audiobook reads, um, they usually end up paying me a couple million dollars. So like I said, this is this is priceless. What you're about to get, plus author commentary. I mean, it's not every day you get a book read by the author, and then the author actually gives commentary while he's reading the book. So uh, here we go. <laughs> Are you all ready? Oh, man. Here we go. Here we go. Um... <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> Balance of Power Desmond Blackstone Dirk Book One Written by Brad Johnson Chapter One The sun was just dipping below the desert horizon, casting red golden rays of fire on the strip. Vegas has millions of tourists a year, but the man sitting in the exotic sports car with the very tinted windows was no tourist. The lights on the blood-red Bentley EXP100 GT winked out as Desmond Blackstone Durf, Dirk, Dirk, his, name, his last name is Dirk, um, he's the main character, okay, uh, shut off the purr of the engine with a push of a button. This wasn't his first time driving an exotic luxury sports car in the heart of one of the richest cities on Earth. Heck, it wasn't even his second time. He'd done it more times than two. More times than he could count. Speaking of counting, Desmond twisted his wrist to inspect the shiny new Rolex resting comfortably on his ample wrist. Zero, zero, 0011 o'clock. Right on time. Desmond was the type of guy who preferred keeping track of time the military way. His time in the Marines as a Marsoc assassin had drilled many things into him. Using the most exact way of telling time was just one of them. Reaching into the glove box, Desmond removed a pair of calfskin leather gloves and slid them over his muscular hands. But his hands were the only things that were muscular. His arms rippled with muscle. Jacked just wouldn't do him justice. To say he hit the gym would be an understatement. The gym saw him coming and would whimper in fear for the amount of hitting it would get from Desmond Blackstone Dirk. His designer sustainably sourced Versace t-shirt stretched across his chest as he reached for the door of the car and got out. The arid Vegas night smelled of cigarette smoke and sand. Straightening his Prince of Wales patterned wool blazer, Desmond stood slowly to in, took in, sorry, uh, <clears throat> Desmond slowly took in his surroundings. The building in front of him would have been the building in front of him would have been imposing if he was the type of guy to be easily imposed upon. He wasn't. 
Stretching up into the blackening sky, the sign read, Stratosphere Las Vegas. The immense tower towered 1,149 feet above his 6-foot 5-inch frame. It was the tallest freestanding observation tower in the United States. However, Desmond had seen taller in his time as a globetrotter. Desmond's ruggedly handsome face smoothed into a suave smile as he approached the doorman. There were two. Buildings that are on the level of the stratosphere don't skimp when it comes to the personnel. Evening, gents, Desmond said, flicking his gold-plated Bentley keys to the doorman at the right. Take care of her. Try to keep it under 80 while you're parking. The other doorman pulled open the door, and the desert air was replaced with the vacuous conditioned air of the stratosphere. Vegas is a city full of money. In this building alone, there were probably millions just lying around. But Desmond Blackstone Dirk wasn't here for money. He was here for something much, much more valuable. Desmond would his... Desmond... Mi mm. <clears throat> yeah, edit, edit that out, James. <clears throat> Desmond made his way to the elevator and punched the button for the top floor, 107, the top of the World Sky Lounge. The doors were nearly closed when a hand reached through to stop them. As they opened, a gangly tall man stepped in. He was lean to an extreme with horn-rimmed glasses on an average face. Wearing less than stylish turtleneck shorts and Chuck Taylors, it was apparent he was not used to being in a place like the stratosphere. The skinny mean... The skinny man leaned in front of Desmond and pushed the button for floor three. That's as high as he wanted to go. As the chill elevator music filled the silence, the skinny man broke it, saying, It may seem warm tonight, but it may become colder than you think. Desmond didn't move a muscle. The code word was all he needed to hear. He held out his hand expectantly. Let's have it. The lanky man reached into his coat pocket and pulled out a device that resembled an iPhone 11X, the latest model that Desmond already owned before it was available to the general public, of which Desmond was not a part. In Desmond's hand, he couldn't help but notice how densely heavy it was. It was like a 10-pound brick condensed into a 3.5-inch by 9.5-inch by 0.15-inch container. Anything I should know? The skinny man wouldn't meet Desmond's eyes, too intimidated by his bulk and appearance. It begins operating when you need it to. It's programmed that way. And you're sure it'll work? The man pulled off his glasses in an offended manner and actually looked up to meet Desmond's eye. I would bet my life on it. I'm the one who designed it. Well, Desmond said with an ironic winning grin. I sure hope so. I'll be betting my life on it. Desmond gave the lanky man another glance. Haven't seen you around. You new? N no, I've been here five and three quarters of a year. I've outfitted you for missions several times. Ah, uh, that's right. Artwerp, right? Ar Arthur. Arthur Finnick. Assistant to the Spies in Research, Development, and Tech, or RDT for short. Yeah, that's what I thought. Just testing you. Desmond thought he saw a look of confusion past Arthur Finnick's lean features, but it was hard to distinguish it from his normal expression. The elevator dinged, and Arthur Finnick got out, gave a quick glance over his shoulder, then strode away in a hurry, his long legs eating up the floor to take him far away from whatever was about to happen. <clears throat> Time for a drink. <clears throat> Gotta stay hydrated. When you're narrating audiobooks, it really brings out the resonant tones of your voice. Um, that's something I've learned from long years of experience doing this. <clears throat> Continuing on. After 37 seconds, the elevator dinged again on floor 107. The outer rim of the Sky Lounge rotated, giving him a 360-degree view of the Las Vegas landscape every half hour or so. While this did make it finding, well, this, edit that out. 
While this did make finding your table tricky if you went to the bathroom for too long, the novelty and view totally made up for that. Desmond strode with all the confidence of a baller out of the elevator and into the Sky Lounge. At over 800 feet in the air, it truly felt like the top of the world. Vegas lights sprawled down below them like lights in the desert. A low... Uh, low, yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay. A low bass pumped as the DJ spun their songs. In the dimly lit room, Desmond's Bentley Platinum sunglasses were unnecessary, but they served two functions. One, a state-of-the-art HUD, heads-up display, that the RDT people referred to as WVN, Warzone Vision Nexus. The WVN used fate AI, facial recognition, the blockchain, live updates from Bing, and more to give Desmond all the info he needed no matter what situation he might find himself in. And two, they were a killer fashion statement from Bentley. Enough said. A waitress approached Desmond, offering him a drink. He looked at the proffered cocktail and raised an eyebrow. Thanks, but no thanks. I prefer my drinks fresh. The waitress looked confused for a moment. Desmond lowered his sunglasses and said, I'm a bit of a mixologist myself, actually. I can tell a fresh drink from something coming from a can in two ways. One, I can look at it. There's a telltale size that a trained eye like mine can distinguish without hardly even thinking about it. And two, I can taste it by smelling it. The odor coming off that platter screams unfresh. So thanks, but no thanks. The waitress, still looking confused, turned away and walked away. Without her knowledge, Desmond had been using the conversation as a ruse to scan the room more closely, taking in the crowd, observing who was and what was what. When he saw, sent a shiver of excitement through him. The room was full of gang members. He could tell by the way he sat, by the way their suits were cut, and by the way they obviously didn't care very much about what they were drinking. The, these were... Um, cut that out. These were not cultured individuals. Guys and gangs rarely are, Desmond said under his breath. As, he, as his eyes took in the scene, his WVN started blinking as it zoomed his vision in to the reason he had come. Kursanov Prokhor Yanovich, the world's most notorious leader of Zmia, a Russian gang operating around the globe. Zmia, they had always been there, lurking in the shadows, wreaking havoc, causing people to lose. Family, friends, money, possessions, things, and family. That was something Desmond Blackstone Dirk would not stand for. Chasing Yanovich around the globe had not been fun. Well, part of it had been. It had allowed Dirk to explore new places, taking the sights of Huatolko, Marrakesh, and Angor Wat, among others. The amount of airline miles and points he had built up had allowed him to send one of his VAs to Cincinnati for free to pick up one of his new cars and get a sweet new Vitamix blender. He even managed to close major business deals with international business people while on the hunt for Yanovich. However, it was not all sunshine and flowers. Dirk had had to endure a lot, flying coach on a public airplane, while his jet was in for some repairs from bullet holes, staying in only a four-star hotel when he had to make a last-minute change of plans, missing hours of necessary sleep, but all that was worth it now, now that Yanovich was within his grasp. It was payback time. Kursunov Prokhorov Yanovich, Desmond bellowed, leaping up in one easy step onto a table in the middle of the room and pointing his finger at the crime boss who sat at a table right next to the window. You've run long enough. This ends here. The room went silent for a split second. The soft conversation and bass beats died faster than a plant without water in the Las Vegas sun. Then, a cacophony erupted as firearms of all sorts were drawn from all sorts of places. The ominous sound of metal death all around him, 
Desmond Blackstone Dirk just smiled. He had them right where he wanted them. Slowly, Yanovich stood up from his seat by the window, holding a sawed-off shotgun lazily in one arm. Stupid American idiot, he said, his voice low and gravelly with a strong Russian accent. I was waiting for you to show up. Don't you think this felt a bit too easy? I'd noticed that, Desmond said, his smile never faltering. But that just told me one thing, Yanovich. Oh yeah? And what is that? Desmond raised a handsome eyebrow. That you don't have a clue who you're dealing with. Yanovich laughed and motioned toward his henchmen. Immediately, the sharp bark of bullets was heard in the room. Glasses and windows shattered as the gang members began emptying their guns at Desmond. With mind-blurring reflexes, Desmond... Pour water. With mind-blurring reflexes, Desmond backflipped, spun, and landed behind the nearby bar while simultaneously throwing two flashbang grenades. Desmond watched the countdown on his WVN. Three, two, one. There was a flash, then a tremendous bang as the grenades fulfilled their purpose. The deadly fire ceased for a split second, during which Desmond sprang to his feet, whipping out a couple of guns of his own. More specifically, his trusty, custom-made Sig Sauer M11A1, loaded with 9x19mm Parabellum rounds. Some habits you pick up in the Marsog are hard to kick. Relying on his WVN, Desmond let loose on the gang members. The information feed showed him multiple things, including which people were threats and which were not. It also served as a sighting assistant, not that he needed any help in that department. He hadn't won the medal for marksmanship seven times in a row for nothing in his old squad. I'll have to remind Arthur to fix that, Desmond said as he whipped off a couple more shots, nailing his targets with deadly precision. One of the henchmen had dropped his gun and charged at Desmond from behind. The rear-view function of his WVN blinked, detecting the hostile approaching. With a double-jumping, spinning hook kick, Desmond removed the threat while reloading both his SIGs in midair. He landed on his feet, facing down Yanovich. The room around the two men was a disaster, to say the least. Chairs and tables lay in heaps. The bodies of fallen henchmen lay strewn where they had fallen, or, more specifically, where Desmond had made them fall. The waitstaff and the innocent patrons had fled for their lives. Broken glass tinkled as it fell to the floor. Ripped tablecloths flapped in the dry wind coming through the decimated window behind them. <clears throat> it looked like a hurricane with a bad attitude had just ripped through it, which was partially true. Desmond da Blackstone Dirk was a hurricane. However, he did his destruction with a devil-may-care smile on his face instead of a bad attitude. I tried to tell you, Yanovich, you have no idea what you're dealing with. Yanovich, not one to give up easily, even after his men were all dead, made to shoot Desmond with a shotgun he still held in his hands. Desmond didn't give him the chance. In one fluid motion, he holstered his sigs and relieved Yanovich of his shotgun. The gun went off, lasting his chandelier to pieces. Glass shards rained down as Desmond swept his leg against Yanovich's knees, sending him sprawling to the ground. Straightening his Prince of Wales pattern blazer, Desmond removed his WVN glasses so he could look Yanovich directly in the eye. It's been a wild ride chasing you all over the world, Yanovich, but this ends now. The mob boss slowly rose to his hands and knees, glass crunching beneath his weight. You are wrong, Dirk. It is just beginning, Yanovich said, as he brought a clenched fist up and flung a handful of glass shards at Desmond's face while at the same time lunging at his midsection. Blinded by the glass shards and knocked off balance, Desmond went over backward and felt himself falling out of the 107th story of the Stratosphere Las Vegas. <laughs> Alright. That's chapter one, people. 
and uh, it gets better from there. It only gets better. That was chapter one of Balance of Power, written by me, <laughs> Brad Johnson. So that's just the first chapter of the first novel that I wrote. There are more chapters that come after that, which is usually how books work. They have more than one chapter inside them. Um, except one of my books, one of my nonfiction books that I wrote. It was called How to Win in One Chapter or Less, and it's actually not even a full chapter. Um, but that's beside the point. This is Balance of Power, written by me, the first of the Desmond Blackstone Dirk novels, um, and it is available for pre-sale. So if uh, if this piqued your interest, interest, if you're like, dang, that was amazing, which I know you are because like I just read the book to you, and I'm like, dang, that was amazing, um, then you definitely want to you want to get it. So get in touch with me, Brad johnson show at gmail.com or hit us up on any of the social mediums at brad johnson show let me know you want a copy of the book and i will probably give it to you uh, but if you pay me because um, that's how that's that's called commerce um yeah anyway hope you guys enjoyed that little sample there i just want to give you an idea of what i've been up to and uh designing the book cover for this has taken up so much time and you know i just didn't really feel like doing a podcast recently so i didn't but i'm back now and uh you're welcome so <laughs> there you go i'd love to hear what you thought of the uh sample of the book i really i need to hear from you guys okay uh, i'm not even kidding i need to hear from you guys get in touch with me let me know what you thought of this episode what you thought of the last episode if you have any questions for the burning questions episode like seriously get in touch with me let's talk let's figure out how we can uh, you know make the brad johnson show you know something that is even better than it is which i don't know how that's possible but hey i'm always up for giving stuff a try so thanks for listening today guys balance of power written by me first of the desmond blackstone dirk and there's two other books after this i'm, I'm not even kidding so definitely uh, get in touch with me if you like a copy and we can make that happen so uh yeah we'll talk to you guys next time Remember to share the podcast with somebody that you know who might enjoy this little slice of awesomeness that is my voice. Talk to you next time. You've just listened to an episode of Awesomeness. Now, go out and spread the awesomeness and help others fix the mess that is their life and help them stop being a loser and start winning in business, health, and their personal life by getting them to listen to The Brad Johnson Show. Book your face, tweet your tweets, and Instagrams at Brad Johnson Show. The Brad Johnson Show. Winners only. When I was in school, I absolutely hated writing. It wasn't until I was a bit older that I came to understand the power of words. If you're a business owner, you understand that power too. A business blog, when done right, can drive sales, increase revenue, and get you more customers. But as a business owner, you probably don't have the time to do all that writing. Plus, if you're not a copywriter by trade, you might feel like you're just kind of throwing words out there and they're not actually accomplishing anything. The good news is, there's a simple solution. Check it out. I call it the ultimate blog post checklist for businesses with online stores. This checklist will allow you to write better, more effective articles that convert readers into buyers. It's full of easy-to-follow examples to get your creativity flowing based on experience of nearly a million words written. And best of all, it's effective on any type of article in any industry or niche. I've successfully used this exact checklist on topics from pool table reviews to investment advice. Tired of spending tons of time writing stuff that doesn't convert? This checklist will change that by giving you highly effective blog posts and articles that transform readers into paying customers. Go to Invicta.Enterprises slash free checklist and start saving time and transforming your writing now. That's Invicta.Enterprises slash free checklist.